0: noticed that brand new friends without benefits intro i uh, had my friend mike realm who is the dj uh for the far side so i was like can you make me something and he was like yeah and he made that so uh he's an awesome dj musician producer uh youtuber check out mike realm.com want to thank him for that cool new intro um Alicia Malone, who's my guest, just shoved her book in my face even <laughs> before we got. No, no, she just shoved it in my face <laughs> like the PR machine she is. She I just know. shoved it in there.
1: I, I brought it to show you just because I'm so proud of it. Like yeah. I actually wrote a thing, yeah. which is weird.
0: Well, there's it's, there's a there's a couple of typos right in the cover here. Oh, but no. no. bummer we should have checked that. It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton, and I am here with Alicia Malone, which we, we've known each other randomly for a while
1: I was trying to think of when we first met and I think it was doing some kind of Yahoo show about movies but (laughs) I already knew who you were though because I'd seen some YouTube videos and so I was like oh yeah hi yeah, Jason and I wanted to meet you and so then that was cool and then we're just in the same circle. I followed you on Instagram since then. So I feel like I know you than I do. Yeah. The tables have turned. The tables
0: have turned. Now you're like uh, which uh, pod uh I <laughs> no. uh, I you know I just I just interviewed Al Gore I did a Q&A <laughs> with him yesterday. So what is this that you do so but the
1: tables have turned? Al Gore, Jason Horton same thing.
0: Think what what's, what's the difference? Yeah, no um Yeah. Uh, we yeah, we met at Yahoo, and I think it was like yeah, it was like a movie thing. It was like the Michael Yo show. I remember doing the Michael Yo, oh, Yo yeah, show, yeah, Michael Yo
1: show. That's yeah. what it was. And yes.
0: uh, we had a mutual friend, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amanda w- DePover. DePover. yeah so uh, and, and it, now I, she's a nurse, and now she's an, yeah. She, and you know what, like she's uh, super fun. I always thought she was super funny. She, she was like is. a really good comedian. I really uh. I really liked her, um, and yeah, and I was like, friend of yours.
1: Now she's like saving kids. Yeah,
0: and but what are we doing? <laughs> Taking well, at least you know, at least you're at least you're offering uh, reading material. <laughs> Trying to, and I'm not even doing that. <laughs> but we're gonna talk about your book, "Backwards and Heels: The Past, Present, and Future of Women Working in Film." Oh yeah, uh, and it's got your name.
1: i know that was that's crazy so you know you work on something for so long and this is my first book and then to get the that's the first copy there so to get that and see it's actually a book it's not just a really long word document like if now it feels like i wrote a book before it was like oh i just wrote a long thing long essay
0: they just kept saving
1: yeah oh god yeah save 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 back up back up back up but yeah to see my name on the cover that's been a lifelong dream yeah
0: yeah. Well, let's let's go to where uh, the dream starts. <laughs> you are from Australia. Yes, as you can I'm telling you, tell you're from there. From this Yeah, aspect. I'm not asking. <laughs> I'm, uh, so what? So you know, I was in th- on the carway over here. Like, I thought, what you know, myself living in New York or New Jersey or just living, I owe, and, and I lived in the United States. Where there are a lot of people, you know, that's a lot of there's Hollywoods here and like New York and you know, uh, I and I always felt like wow i was like this is so cool like i wish i could be part of this but you know i always considered myself like very outside most of us are outside looking in mm-hmm. it has to be not everyone can well in la everyone's connected to yeah. the industry living in australia like what was that like for you you know because the, physically the united states is very far away but did you know did it I don't know what your dreams were, but did it seem like it was very far away as far as, like, achieving any of that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I grew up in Canberra, which is the capital of Australia. Uh, Not many people know that. Everyone thinks it's Sydney. But not much happens there. I knew that. I knew that. Oh, you did? Nope. Super smart. (laughs) Nope. Uh, So it's kind of like a big country town. It's a city, but it's very small and nothing really happens there. So I loved movies from an early age, and I would dream about Hollywood and going to America. And Australians know a lot about America because we get so much of the content. You know, I grew up watching Friends and Seinfeld and all these. But American you, be, you shows. only got
0: that in 2015, right? Seinfeld. <laughs> yes. Is that how that works? It's like finally, like, just started. Uh, yeah. It's
1: really exciting. And so I felt like I learned about America through film and watching television. I always dreamed about going there, but I was someone who, my family, we never really traveled. We got up to Sydney and that was as far as we went. And my school friends would always go to America, go to Disneyland for holidays and trips. And, and so you resented them, of I, course. Yeah, I would make my friend like write me a detailed letter of every single thing that went on, like including the plane. I was so fascinated about the plane, like... What kind of food do you eat and what what do people do on the plane? And I was so I was like, write everything from the plane and then everything you see at Disneyland and I wanted to know everything. So it really had this mythical quality to it, but it felt so far away. You know, in Australia, you do feel completely isolated being on the other side of the world.
0: So, so what – did you have a game plan or, were, were, or was there uh, something else you were like, well, I guess I'll just be a – something else or was it like no the dream is the dream and i'm gonna get there
1: it was the dream was just to go to sydney like that was far for me that was the big smoke and that was so exciting
0: what was there that was like
1: it's like it was a city it was hustle and bustle and i decided so when i was young i actually wanted to be a film director and then I read a lot of books and I watched a lot of movies and I came to the conclusion, which is quite of right, that it's really hard to be a director if you're a woman. Plus, I was really shy, so I didn't think I could lead a crew. So I wanted to work in television and work behind the scenes in television. So I moved from Canberra to Sydney, didn't go to university and just started... How did your
0: family feel about it? Was your family... They
1: were concerned. Like, I think my mum, I mean, she obviously wanted the best for me and she would have preferred if I went to university to get a degree in something anything just But you to didn't, have. did
0: you even have a something like, oh, maybe I'll no. do, no, no. wow. And so you it, weren't even like, oh, maybe I could do business. You no. know thing Like backup or I could do business or marketing. I
1: was like, I'm going to work in television and I don't know what that looks like and I don't have any idea of that, but I thought television seemed, seemed more, uh, it seemed more accessible than film. You know, in film, I realized that they were really long days as well and I didn't think I had the patience for that. So I was like, quick television, live television is where I wanted to work. And I remember telling my career's, advisor at school that I wanted to work in television. And she was like, well, it's pretty hard and maybe you should consider something else. I was like, nope. And I've always kind of been like that. i like, nope, this is what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out some way or another.
0: And what did you do to get to Sydney? Did you have to like get a, 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 a 10 jobs or yeah. you just, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I had a lot of jobs. And, and one that was my favorite was working at the video store. And it was a local video store. It was like just down the road from the place that I rented with my sister, my friend and her friend. And I shared a futon bed with my sister cause I had no money. Uh, but I loved working at the video store, and I'd work there all day. And I tell everyone my recommendations, and put my favorite movie on the screens while I was working, and it was the best time. So you
0: were a team. You were you were a video store team player. Yeah. Because there's two different kinds. Of it was, uh, I worked at a uh, blockbuster.
1: Ah, oh, love it.
0: Which you know I had I I've had so many jobs. I just couldn't stick with jobs. You know I didn't. There was nothing that I really liked. But for some reason, randomly, and it was only after the fact, I was like. I really liked working at Blockbuster. And it wasn't even so much that I'd like recommended movies. There was just something about the environment mm. and the stacking of the movies mm. and the way that it looked and maybe the people that I work with and the people that came in uh, getting a little kind of glimpse inside yeah. like, oh, interesting.
1: It was like you a community kn- feel. Yeah.
0: You don't look like you would like this movie or, or, or I'm surprised you're looking for that movie. Yeah. Although when Blockbuster first opened uh, in, in, my, in my area... Um, I don't know if this what kind of video store you worked at if it had an adult section, but it, block, it, yeah. Blockbuster did not. And <laughs> guys would I mean, it was, uh, guys would come in, and after a while they would come up to the counter. I'd be like, "There's no porn here." I didn't even <laughs> let the words. Come. It was uh, like like it was comical because you I could just look in their eyes, being a guy, and be like, "You look like the kind of guy that is looking for pornography. It is not here in this <laughs> store." So that was a funny thing. I think when Blockbusters opened at first. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, where's the where's the adult section?
1: Yeah, behind the curtain. Yeah. We had like the, we had a triple X shelf, but yeah. they were kind of just the soft core stuff. Yeah. A lot did you of, have recommendations um, there?
0: Or, it, or did you keep yeah, it?
1: Yeah, Edward Penis Hands was oh, actually pretty classic. well done. C- classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always loved that, yeah. the kind of spoof of a yeah. movie, yeah. uh, porn-wise. And, you know, they would be kind of embarrassed bringing up the film to me yeah. to scan, because you'd have to open up the cover and, beep, scan the VHS. Uh, but I or loved it Or they get over the so loudspeaker, like,
0: uh, Edward Penis Hands yeah. is there a... Yeah,
1: <laughs> or give them a call when yeah. they were late with yeah. it, uh, like returning, like, um, hi, and you have to leave, like, on the answering machine back in those days, like, hi, this is Alicia from Video Easy and Leichhardt, um, just wanted to let you know that Edward Penis Hands is two days late, yes. and you're going to have to keep paying late fees unless you bring it in. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I mean, uh, it, now, I mean, it's something that I think about, and... Doing stand-up comedy, well, it's something I've been terrified. Now I've started doing it. How
1: do you do that? That sounds like the most terrifying thing to me. Well, as we're speaking
0: right now, uh, a week ago I had not done it, and I've only been writing it. Um, I've I've kind of done like characters, and I've done storytelling, but I've never done stand-up, and it was uh, it's absolutely terrifying. Not getting in front of people. I don't. I I've done live performances at the Palladium with other people, and there was like thousands of people. No fear, but getting up in front of like. People that don't even care, they're just there to do their own thing, they're not even paying attention, mm-hmm. was absolutely terrifying. But one thing I was thinking of as I was looking back is the, um, the only obstacle to getting your hands on as much porn. I'm not, this is not gonna be about <laughs> a pornography. This is not, I'm not taking a hard right <laughs> turn to pornography. But if you w- want to get your hands on pornography, the only obstacle is having a little tiny bit of electricity. Right. It's the only thing that's keeping you from all the pornography in the world. I,
1: I was talking about this with a friend the other day, kind of being nostalgic for the times when you had to really seek it out. You know, you had to like pass the magazines or you had to get the VHS somehow or, you know, discover like the joy of sex book somewhere. And and really you had to be discreet about it and quiet. And there was something to that seeking out, which I think is missing now. Now it's so accessible. And I do think that's it. That's missing that idea of like it's hard to find. You have to find it, and also the idea of stories in porn. Like I loved those. That how are these two people going to have sex? Like they're strangers. What's going to happen? And now it's just about like the money shot. There's like, no magic unfolding. It. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, if, yeah. For like, just it's all. This is all part of like some things that I talk about and I, and I write about is the espionage of getting <laughs> your hands. It. It, it's like you know, <laughs> episodes of like Homeland. But yeah. for pornography it's and you'll way. stop at nothing to get your hands on a, on a videotape and that's as exciting as actually getting it. Exactly. Is getting like the thought and the promise of like, oh your dad has a bunch of tapes or I would stand out in front of like a gas station at like 12, 13 years old <laughs> with one of my other perverted friends I'll and see. and profile that look like they might buy us like a Playboy magazine which is very very creepy and really illegal and probably really bad for the person that would do that and now I kind of realized after years I was like the kind of person I was profiling was somebody who probably looks like me now, <laughs> which kind of like I'm kinda of like, Oh, it all goes for full circle.
1: Yeah, but I also love the idea of like by the time you got the, the porn, watching it was another like how are we gonna watch it? Yeah. When when your mum goes out and then you're watching it and you're pretty much just scared the entire time that someone's gonna bust
0: you. You're just kinda always looking like looking at yeah. it and then looking at something else. Yeah, so you're
1: like, Oh gosh, and someone's gonna walk in any minute and I've got it on the VHS, you know. So But that's I, part, I love of it. It. It's that, part of that's it.
0: That's part of the exhilaration. I think just now I feel um, sad
1: for kids these days that they don't have that fun. Yeah, they don't
0: and I think they're probably a little more desensitized well, say, yeah. to it, which maybe that I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's the fact that you know that it's there mm-hmm. might be like, well, it's always gonna be there. I'm in no like dire need to get my hands on it exactly. which might be good or whatever but for me it was the only thing that mattered
1: yeah and and the fact that you know and I, for me it was just like i'm really curious about this and then the fact that these days it's there and it's pretty hardcore some of the stuff you can find yeah. just straight away i think i mean some of those people I mean, aren't even married like, no, are, they're, they're not, not even in love with they're each not other even love. Uh, no it's so it's i mean just weird. a few of them
0: most of them aren't in love obviously. You know, it's
1: not there's not like the pizza guy or the <laughs> pool guy anymore like come on yeah. it's just like Ram, bam. Thank you, ma'am. But. Uh, and I do wonder if that distorts people's p- perception yeah. of sex. You know, yeah. when you're young and you're exposed to that, as opposed to like having to seek out things and having to sit through the story parts.
0: I mean, it's all in your book. It, yeah, it's, it's all in your book. Backwards I and I heels. Discover, <laughs> I talk about porn. Yeah, for, for, the, for the majority of it. Um, so you get to Sydney, and what ha- what happens?
1: I get to Sydney, and so I enrolled in a TV production course, which was just a very general course. It was just a f- something for me to do when I got to Sydney. Um, I got a scholarship to that course, which I felt very proud of until I realized that they pretty much give that to every single person (laughs) that joins. But hey, you know, I went there. And so through there, I met this girl who started working at a TV station, Channel 7 in Australia because of her drama teacher who knew someone. So anyway, she was working there and they said to her, Channel 7 said, you know, we've got the Olympics coming up in Sydney in 2000. Uh, we need more people. Is there anyone at your course that you would recommend to come and train on how to roll teleprompter? And she was like, yeah, my friend Alicia, she, she really wants to do this. So then I got involved there and I got to be at the Olympics. And so I worked at Channel 7 um, so I had to say goodbye to Video Easy, unfortunately. But I love those names. <laughs> it's like Video Easy. Hot. I know Video and it was Easy. E Z Y. Oh, well. Video okay. Oh. Um, and so then, uh, yeah, I gave up that and started working at Channel Seven and um, worked there for in a variety of behind-the-scenes roles for six years. You know, so doing like graphics um, on the news. And, so uh, you,
0: you kind of uh, like really sub- submerge yourself into like a lot of aspects of it and yes. learned a lot. About
1: yeah, it. yeah, I'm a, a big geek for all that stuff. So I wanted to learn as much as I could about the television process, live television. It was a morning show, much like uh, today's show over here called Sunrise, which still goes in Australia. And uh, so I was there at the start of that show, and then I'd have to get up at... 3 a.m. for a 4 a.m. shift and do that from 4 till 9 and then go to the course all day and do it again. But I loved it so much.
0: So it doesn't seem like work.
1: No, not at all.
0: And w- so was there a, a plan of like get me to the U.S. so I can rock these people's not worlds? Not
1: really, no. I mean it was always in my mind of, of a dream to go to Hollywood just because I yeah, loved classic film and it seemed so glamorous. And I'd watch the Oscars every year and all that stuff. Um, but I didn't really think about that until uh, later on, till like probably close to moving over here. So probably till I was like twenty eight or twenty nine, then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna move to LA. And again I just picked up and
0: left. And did you have any did you make any uh no inroads plans. in so when you got here? Or you just like I'm gonna show up yeah. and just see what see yeah. what I get?
1: I packed my two suitcases and my teddy bear and off I
0: went. And, and you had your like your your kind of uh how to make it in Hollywood book and yeah. your uh, uh-huh. Your Oscar for world's best uh, exactly. teleprompter. Dreams interview. in my eyes. Yeah.
1: Like, I, I, I don't know why I was confident that I was it was going to be fine because I had no work contacts. I had no friends. I didn't know a single person here in L.A. And I didn't have any money saved up. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, but I'm going <laughs> to do it. So Again, w- that determined thing about, it, nope. I'm gonna do it.
0: Had you been had you been to the United States before or no? I
1: had briefly on like a little holiday, a little okay. trip. Okay. Yeah. So I'd been to New York and I'd been to um LA. A little and taste. LA I was uh, when I first came and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna see all these celebrities walking down the street and I wanna go see where the Oscars are And then you get to Hollywood Boulevard and you're like, Why is and this it's so an, depressing? And
0: it's probably I mean if you live in LA, uh you avoid Hollywood and yeah. Highland at all costs. Absolutely, there's just it, I just do not drive through there. I mean, uh, the Man's Chinese Theater is pretty cool. They have scre- you know, I've you had some stuff premier, screen there. And yeah, and- yeah.
1: The TCM Classic Film Festival is wonderful there, yeah. but just to go as a tourist is not fun. No,
0: and you're not going to see any well, – you'd probably see maybe me or you, yes. possibly, yeah, if yeah, we're yeah. going to, like, Baja Fresh or yeah, something that, like yeah, that. that's about that's, it. That's, that's about – like, oh, this <laughs> that's is not that That's the much level
1: fun. of celebrity you see.
0: So when you got here, what – I'm very, very curious. Like, mm. what did you do when you got here with really no well, real plan?
1: Also, the tricky thing was the visa that I got to move over to the States – prevented me from doing anything else but working in entertainment so and I couldn't even work behind the scenes entertainment I had to be on camera in entertainment so that's a lot of pressure (laughs) I couldn't work at a bar I couldn't you know do anything so I just started you know emailing people back in Australia who I'd worked with like hey I'm in LA now I can cover junkets for press junkets over here and started really hustling. I'd done a lot of that stuff in Australia, so I'd been on camera for a couple of years, and I'd done a lot of interviews. You had a and reel, carpet, probably, uh, of your yeah, stuff? Yeah, reels, and, and i yeah done a ton of interviews, so I thought, okay, that's probably my best bet, is to do press junkets from LA for Australian television. So I just started emailing, emailing, emailing and then finally, one girl who worked over here, she was Australian, she decided she wanted to move back to Sydney and she wanted to get out of her contract she was on. So she knew that it would be a great plan if she said, you know, I really want to move back to Sydney, but here's a girl ready waiting. And the
0: accents are the You're not going to even notice no, the difference. No, yeah, Seamless. Exactly.
1: Seamless. So uh, they, they were happy that there was a replacement there straight away. So then I started slowly working for Australian television um, here in L.A. covering junkets. But it was, like, few and far between junkets. So there was a time when I didn't have – a credit rating when you move over here you don't you start yeah. with zero credit rating which is worse than having a bad credit rating. So I couldn't get a car. Um I didn't have money for a car. Where
0: what part of LA were you living?
1: I was living West Hollywood. Oh well and that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. So I was sharing was uh, sharing an apartment with an Australian who was a friend of a friend of a friend, right. that kind of thing. And so I, I had my so I bought a bike. So then I would ride the bicycle <laughs> down to Junket's <laughs> And when I was at the – so I'd put my heels in the front basket, ride from West Hollywood to Beverly Hills. Is this a romantic comedy? <laughs> it feels like it, <laughs> Yeah. I? Ask the valet guys, like, can they valet my bike? Yeah. They're like, just park it down there. And then um, I would go up to the junkets and I would basically stuff my bag full of all the snacks because okay. it's my only chance to eat that day and then do the interviews and then ride back on my bicycle. And I survived like that for a little while.
0: With the person that I'll left – I'll go on
1: d- dates just to eat
0: dinner. Yeah. Oh, well, listen, <laughs> as a guy who's dated, we know. We know. And then
1: just being terrified, you know, because you have to do yeah. the, the, like, reach for your wallet at the end. Yeah. It's polite, but being terrified that they yeah. would take you up on that, you'd be like, oh, gosh. I no, actually, I never. This I, credit I, card I, might not go through.
0: I know that feeling. I've never, uh, I mean, any time I've I've, I've, I've never, um, I've never been like, oh, it's just somebody's trying to, you know, to somebody's trying meal. to, stand. no. <laughs> yeah, I, there was never, it was usually kind of like, oh, you know, they, they don't they don't like me because of me, not <laughs> not because they're out to get something it's it's authentic yeah so the, you the your f- person that left it were, were you like, how could you be leaving? How yeah. could you leave l a yes. did that make you kind of second guess your you know what I mean like
1: yeah, well, she was like um she she'd done the junket scene and the and red carpets and stuff for Three years, and she was like, oh, I'm over it, you know, if I have to interview this person again. And at the time I was like, how can that – that's so exciting. You know, you get to talk to these celebrities. And now I've done so many junkets that I'm like, oh, God, three minutes with so and oh, God. You know, so it's funny that it comes full circle. But, yeah, I was like, how can you leave? This is such a good job. Um, but, you know, I was really grateful that she suggested me. <laughs> Thank and <God>. so, <laughs>
0: So basically you would kind of – it was – as soon as you got the, you know, you'd have to get the credentials to be on the red carpet and kind of wait for that. So what did you, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know if there was things happening literally every day for you, but like what was happening in between? So I decided to, dating for free food.
1: food. Um, I decided to approach it as if I was, you know, like an, an actor in training or something that I was just waiting for my big, big role. And so I'd go to the gym every day, Um, I would go to like a cafe and read my book. How did you
0: survive money-wise?
1: Money-wise, very frugally. So just like I remember once I wanted to go to Sundance Film Festival and I only had 25 cents in the bank. But I was determined to go, so off I went, and I slept on someone's floor, and I ate the free veggie burgers at the pop up place. when yeah. but I saw movies, so I don't know. I survived somehow. One because way or when the you're other, there, get it out. W-
0: like you know, if I I saw you at Sundance or I, I see you at a junket on your bike, I don't see. Oh, the, she only has twenty five cents in her bank I account. Know. I assume she's you're quirky or you're environmental or exactly. you're just being you. But you know, you you do what you have to do exactly to kind of follow a, instead of making because it would be very easy for you to make excuses. You had valid excuses why this might not be working out for you at this point. Yeah. Where other people have more and they're just not willing to do it and they kind of squander their opportunities. Yeah. Whereas people like you is like, I have 25 cents. I mean, there's somebody with a negative bank account just saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you at least at least you were sure, on, the on the plus. on the plus side, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and, and the times it did feel silly. It's like, is this really superficial of me to just be here – chasing this dream of just wanting to talk about movies, maybe I should just go back home and just, like, settle and just have a, whatever, regular job and just have money. Because it was a time when I was like, I'm 32 and I have no money. Like, this is ridiculous. I should be you know, all my friends are married with kids and they've got their life sorted. They're buying investment properties. Yeah. And I'm just over here like being like, but I want to be in LA and make it. And it's like, am I stupid? But I just, something just kept me going where I was like, no, 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 this is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, you know, I'll just see something or meet someone and, and it would be like, oh no, this is it a sign. It would keep you
0: like, sometimes these little things, like yeah. you're like, it's a bummer. Like I, w- I would be, I had those same feelings like everyone. And then- Some little thing would happen, and I'd be like, Oh, you're this is keeping me afloat another day. It's not even you know necessarily Mm. financial, but you know, a cool meeting or an opportunity that I that didn't happen yesterday, yeah. And I was like, Okay, this is enough to let me know it's worth making it another day,
1: exactly, in
0: this business. What was your first like? Like I don't know what the big break would be in in this kind. of thing. I mean, I've done mm. some. I've gone to some invited. Oh, you want to do some? You know, as like a YouTube person or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's not really necessarily my thing. Um, in fact, anytime I did junkets, I, I mean, I remember doing one for this movie. Uh, movie tw- It's like twenty one and like 21 over at Saddle Ranch. Saddle Ranch. Yes, okay. I did that. But what I did was, is I interviewed them. Uh, the I don't know if it was like relativity. Whoever did not like what I did. Obviously, <laughs> if you have watched my YouTube videos, is that I would um, j- uh, do twitter questions. But all the twitter questions were like these fake twitter questions that I sent myself about a girl that just dumped me. <laughs> so I and so I'm asking them all these questions but they are really just questions about me and they're just kind of just sitting there. That's so funny. <laughs> um, and then there was one thing about uh, Miles Teller and it was something because I, w- I sat in a very, very low chair on purpose <laughs> and they were sitting in these high chairs and some I was like eye level with his penis or whatever oh and we gosh. made some kind of joke together and he like unzipped his pants. Like he was gay, like he just being fun and unzipped his pants. Yeah. We made some kind of like hard PG-13 joke about his... P- you know what I mean? And they were like, you can't show that. You can't talk about that. We're so mad. So that's why I don't yeah. do those things. But what They're is what is the first big break for something like that where you're like, oh, this is going to like kind of catapult me a little bit?
1: Well, I think so. it was when, um, when I started getting people from American online outlets yeah. or television asking if I wanted to do junkets for them. Mm-hmm. That, for me, was like, oh, wow, you know, other places not just Australia. So I did pretty well with doing Junkets in Australia and slowly they started building. It was funny at the times when I was broke to do such a glamorous job. So it's so at odds, you know. But then slowly the money started to get a bit better and then I started to meet other people at Junkets, other hosts and producers. And then I think it was when people said, you know, would you like to... Um, do junkies for us and they were American outlets I was like oh wow I've I've, I've made it now Um, and for that I needed to get another visa so then that was like a different visa but to get that was a big step so I think there's just been like several big steps and uh, I think only now I'm sort of looking back and going well yeah I've really achieved everything that I wanted to all of a sudden and now I'm at a really good position where I'm doing really well
0: That whole time, are you, like, uh, as, you know, somebody who's, like, understanding, like, building equity into your own brand, which is a terrible, ugly, yeah. disgusting word. But, you know. I know. It, it fits the thing. We
1: get, yeah, it's the only thing to describe the thing.
0: Do you, were you always, like, uh, conscious of, like, I need to keep investing equity into my own me? Like, you know, whether it's, like, you know, an Instagram account or yeah. a website or – a place to be like where you're like a commodity so when people are like hey who should we get to do this Mm Well, we should get alicia you know she's done all this stuff but she also has like a pretty big social media following
1: exactly yeah
0: did you did that just kind of happen or were you conscious of that
1: it kind of happened but i also would think of things to do and and yeah people say to me like oh you're really good at branding yourself and i never really consciously thought of it in that way but I was like, oh, social media is a way for me to share what I really love, which is, like, independent films, classic films, and talking about women in film. But then with the junket side of things, I thought, you know, you go in there and you're one of 100 people that they're talking to that day. They're just
0: – it's uh, – a factory. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like so, – Speed dating, but yeah. no results. They the stay in those seats, right? Yeah. When, I, when you see those kind of side t- – because it's always, like, uh, you guys are opposite each other. Yeah. Uh, so every time, like, you, you, you show, like, I'm talking to Ryan Gosling, it's it's never, it's always you. Yes. Then the other picture is, <laughs> and, and any of those junkets so it yeah, it's like speed dating. Speed dating. They're just getting, yep. uh, rotating next, out.
1: Next. Like Notting Hill. Yeah. You know, when he pretends mm. to be from Horse and Hound. Yeah. It's so, like that. And so I thought, okay, I need something that is kind of my signature or something that stands out a little bit. And because I've always been a little bit shy, I think. I try to force myself to do things that are out of my comfort zone just for the experience of it. So I thought, what what's the scariest thing that, could, that I could ask a celebrity who, you know, you walk in the room and it's their room and you're not supposed to touch them. You know, you might be able to shake hands with them, but that's about it. They're untouchable and they don't seem quite human. I thought, how about if I ask them for a hug? Okay. Firstly, I was like, "That's a big thing for me to ask them for a hug. That's my own personal challenge." And B, like, I wonder if they'll go for it, but C, they also have to because the camera's rolling, right? So they can't be rude.
0: They, yeah, they're promoting. their they're hoping to their <laughs> movie or TV show is going to be successful. Yeah. So
1: and also that m- might make me memorable. So the next time I walk in, they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, you're the girl that asked for a hug." Yeah. And then, so I started doing that at the end of all my interviews. I'd say, "And can we end with a hug? Yeah. And I would give them a hug. And um, some some people really loved it. Some just tolerated it.
0: Is, that, is there anyone that, I mean, I don't know if you want to name Yeah,
1: Jared Leto said no.
0: Did he say it in a nice way?
1: He said it in a nice way. He was like, uh, and, and I've been warned before I went in that he doesn't really like to shake hands like yeah. that, which is understandable when you Because I know a lot of people don't like him, but in I want to like him. Yeah, so. I like him. I think he's intense, but yeah. I really like him. Yeah. And so he said, he said, no, how about we try something else? So I said, all right, how about, and I thought of another thing that would scare me. I was like, how about if we just sit here and and stare at each other (laughs) and not say anything, you know, so we just sat there, stared at each other and kept eye contact and he was like, okay, that was awkward. Yeah. And then as soon as the camera stopped rolling, he said, come here, I'll give you a hug. Oh, and okay. so that was nice. Yeah. But mostly they're down for it. And so that started to be a signature that they remembered me and it was a nice thing to be remembered by. I would put a, I put a still on social media mm. and people started to enjoy that. And so I think that became a brand in a way. But the social media stuff didn't take off till I was joining other successful okay. brands that had the followers
0: already. Uh, you, I know you, st- uh, we, we've talked recently, you talked about, you know, uh, a huge love of um, independent films. Yes. Is it, is, did that come about, I mean, not to love independent films, it's just to love independent films, but maybe uh, you being so interactive with Hollywood movies and the, you know, big everything big, mm. did that kind of been like, you know, I, I'm so saturated with like mm-hmm. big Hollywood stuff. Like there's all these great independent movies that might not necessarily have like huge junkets all day every day and like stuff on like McDonald's cups or whatever the yeah. case might be. Did that kind of help like, uh, build up that 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 love for independent films for you yeah
1: absolutely i mean i remember you know watching a bunch of indie movies in the 90s you know tarantino and soderbergh and fincher and having that really blow my mind and uh, david lynch and and artists like that but I was definitely more involved in the bigger films in Australia. And when I moved over here, I was so excited to be part of it. And the one thing that really stood out to me at these junkets was, and it still confuses me, that the, a lot of the other people who do junkets don't necessarily love movies and they don't watch a lot of movies outside the movies that they have to watch for work. And so I'd be trying to talk to people about indie films, about classic films, and I realised pretty quickly they don't really care. They just want to be on camera They just they're doing a... Different thing. They're a news host or uh, entertainment. They're news. just a f-
0: they're just like a vessel for information. Yeah, not so necessarily not like, like in, because love. they love films. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, and and then the oversaturation of it. Uh, when I started working on a couple of movie shows that were very focused on comic book movies and no one wanted to talk about these indies, I think that made me even more like, no, these are the ones that we should talk about because if you love movies, you should love all movies. You should try these other movies and then noticing how little cut through they get with marketing and how much it is so much about the big films and even now i think you know i look at all these channels and they all cover the same stuff you know spider-man trailer comes out in every single channel does Does spider-man's
0: butt look big in the new spider-man or is his butt smaller can we
1: can we also extend it just a little bit like can we talk about spider-man and then also maybe talk about some indie films because these are the films that really need help too and there's some great movies in there that are undiscovered gems and I love being able to recommend that to people. And
0: those sometimes, well, a lot of times, are the movies that are inspiring in some way these exactly. directors and writers and, and stuff it's like where that. where they all come from. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I talk about Spider-Man, Homecoming. You've got Tom Holland, yeah. who is in The Impossible, and yeah. a bunch of other indies, and John Watts. This is his second film after making Cop Car, which is a tiny indie. So it's like these are where all the talent is coming from, and I think there should be more of an inclusion of these films.
0: So uh, we're going to talk about your book, Backwards and heels. <laughs> um, how, what Like, I always, you know, uh, like we all, I always think about, how, you know, how do I write a book? Like, yeah. how does that, because there uh, there was a point where there was no book. Yeah. Like, my hand would just be going through the air, and you'd be like, <laughs> why are you just waving over the table? But now I'm touching a book oh my God. with pages.
1: Yeah, it looks like a real book.
0: Oh, it's just it? a picture book. It's just three <laughs> where I like movies and a picture of it's a movie a, theater. Oh, no. It's a book, book, and it's de- it's a dense yeah. book. Um how did this happen? Yeah,
1: always been on my bucket list of things I wanted to do. And I always said, even when I was young, like more exciting than seeing my face on screen would be to see my name in print. And, uh, I grew up loving books, still read, uh, read two books at a time all the time. So I've always wanted to do it. And then I was actually talking to Chris Stuckman, who's you know, a YouTuber mm-hmm. focusing on movies, a uh, really sweet guy. And, and he was telling me about his book that he was writing Um, which was like 50 films movie buffs should see. And so I asked him about it and I was like, you know, I don't really tell people this. I've always taken writing courses and I've always written little blogs or written just for myself. I have a notebook that I write in every day. And I said, I've always wanted to write a book, but like, yeah, what is it like? What's the process? And how did you get the publisher? And, and then he said, "You know, my publisher is always asking me for recommendations of other people who could write books about film. Do you want me to recommend you?" I was like, "Yes, that'd be amazing." And so then he recommended me to them. They looked at my stuff and they saw that I'd done a TEDx talk or two TEDx talks about women in film, and so they How, do you, how does that me. happen? That, I, yeah. I just started watching a couple of TED talks it's recently. So great.
0: And there's some – I've watched it, and I'm like, this is great. Some of it – sometimes I watch it, and I feel like I'm just kind of watching an inspirational meme type (laughs) thing sometimes, and not to take away because every – Everything's valuable to different people, but exactly. how do you how do you do a te- like how yeah. do you do a TED talk? That
1: was another bucket list item. So you can you can apply to, to do a TED talk, and there's all these TEDx events, which are the smaller events. Mm-hmm. The TED conference is the big one, and um, they happen all around the country every single day, all around the world, really. And but I actually got that through a friend who was helping to organize a TEDx uh, conference, and so they said you should apply because you're always talking about women in film on these shows that you do. And it'd be really interesting, I think, if you got up and you you talked about why you're so passionate about it. And I'd know ne- I wanted to do one, but I hadn't really thought of it that way. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll apply. And then I got in. And then from there, you work with a, a coach who helps you to shape your talk. And it is difficult because it's like, what is the idea worth sharing? And that's the, the bottom line, you have to think of like, What can people take away from this talk that they've never heard before, they've never thought about before, something they can put into action tomorrow? And so that was, it was really hard to figure out what to say and how to structure it. But I had so much fun doing it and then did the first one and that went really well. And that was at a small conference. And then I got asked to speak at a bigger conference about the same subject, but something slightly different with women in film. So that was really great too. So they, the publisher, had seen those. And they said, "I think there's a book here, and I think you could explore this topic further. Would you be interested?" And I was like, "Yes, yeah, dream." But you, so had, at that point, you had no, no, there was no nothing. No, so it kind of went backwards because uh, yeah. usually, you know, you'll write a book and then you'll submit it, or yeah. you at least have done a lot of research and you have a book proposal. So then he was like, "Okay, well, send me send me three ideas of what you could do." And then I spent a long time like crafting proposals and figuring out what I could do. The one uh, looking at past, present, future, and sort of the history of women in film is what they went for. But it was tough because then it was happened really quickly, where it was like, "Okay, cool, we'll make this." Here's the book deal. Look it over. Went back and forth on that. Okay, great. Uh, you got five months. Go.
0: <sighs> I mean, was day was one was so day odd. one of the five months? I mean, were you like,
1: uh, yeah, yeah? So they said, okay introduction your introduction is due by the end of the week so I was like okay so I have to write an intro not really knowing what the whole book will be and so of course I rewrote it later but that was something to start with and so I had to lock myself away pretty much for five months not see anyone you know occasionally I would come out to do shows and stuff online but it was intense and every spare minute I would be spent researching writing and actually wrote the whole first draft and then as soon as I finished writing the first draft I realized a much better way to structure the entire book. So then I rewrote it all in, like, half the
0: time. <laughs> so, well, I mean, for the people out there that, you know, want to write a book, like, if, if for this, pretend it's a tiny TED Talk. Yeah. How do you write, how would you go and write your next book or tell people how to write a book? If never next, a book?
1: yeah. In the next book I would definitely really work on the idea, um, structure it out of how you think it could go, and then spend a couple of months researching before you even write mm-hmm. So ne- if I write another book, that's what I'm gonna say that I need is I need to really have time to research and not write and research at the same time because yeah. it's really hard to know where it's gonna end up when you're
0: because then the you're beginning. writing kind of an infinitum right yeah, you're just writing yeah with
1: no end so I would say spend a couple of months doing research if it's a nonfiction book like like mine is. And then, and then sit down and craft, but you just have to do it and you just have to write. And it's like, even if you have no idea what you're going to do, it's a blank page, just free write for 20 minutes and just force yourself to do it. And then stuff will come out of it and then you can rewrite. It's all in the rewriting. So it's kind of like, just get it out, get words on the page then go back and really finesse it.
0: Are there? Do you and get a lot of advice? I sent yeah. it out to all
1: my friends. I had my writing teacher who looked over it. Yeah. I mean, every single word in that book is mine. But I had to really get some advice of, like, does this make sense? Is this so interesting? you don't have, like, an ed- – is there
0: ever, like, an editor involved? There
1: is. But surprisingly, they don't do a whole lot oh, okay. in terms of structure. Yeah. It's mainly typos. Oh, okay. So, and I, it might not be the experience at every publisher, but a couple of people I've spoken to from other uh, – I've written other books have said the same thing, that they were surprised at how hands-off they are. That they're just like here's your deadlines, and you send in your chapter by chapter by chapter, and then they send back notes. But it's really, it might be like expand here, yeah. or this is unnecessary. But it's not like how about you move start your piece with this and move this around more and on en- Edward Penis Hands. Yeah, like, exactly. Expand that. Expand that chapter. Yeah, I want to know more about this Edward and his uh, uh, Penis for Hands. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what? Okay, so like when you're pitching the book, like hey, you know, I've 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 a book. Uh, I know it's just the past present and future of women working yeah. in film is it uh, is it just like a, a history book or is it is it your kind of uh, through your point of view or yeah
1: I, I started doing it both ways so first I started like a history book that was very chronological and then I realized that was quite boring um, and then I started to insert more of me in there and then I realized that felt like a bit much to insert a lot of myself in there so what I did was I realized that the most interesting thing in the history parts that I wrote were the stories so the stories about women so instead of just having like one sentence on like, the first person ever to be called film editor was a woman named Margaret Booth. It's like, okay, so what's her story? So the way I've divided it is looking at each era of Hollywood, but picking out four or five different stories from women who have done amazing things or tried to do amazing things or were held back in one way or another or accomplished great goals and look at the history through those stories. So each chapter starts with an overview of what was happening in Hollywood you know, during the 1920s. And then it's like four or five stories from the 1920s. And I try to involve filmmakers, actors. And then when I get into the present, I did interviews for all that. So I interviewed producer, cinematographer writer, um, actors, So you tapped
0: into your kind of like your, yeah. it's your bread and butter of what you do exactly. in order to extract information.
1: Yeah, and I got some great people, Gina Davis, J.J. Abrams, Paul Feig. Never heard of them, never heard yeah. of Oh, uh, those are men, okay? <laughs> are men, so this book is already like fake. Who, yeah, yeah. men who help women. Yeah. Um, at Octavia Spencer, America Ferreira, you know, it's really lucky to get a bunch of great people. I mean, that,
0: that really, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm sure there's other books in a... St- in a similar world, yeah, are, but yeah. to get you know when J.J. Abrams or Octavia Spencer or uh, who, and whoever you get are agree to talk to you ab- about your book I is, uh, I mean it, it gives you a lot of credibility.
1: It's amazing. I I, I couldn't believe it. It's it's so much fun to, because usually you're doing interviews for other people, yeah. so you're like, okay, what do my what's my TV outlet need me to get about yeah. this film? And then the you hired like, yourself
0: to, to yeah. do it for yourself. It's like,
1: what do I want to ask? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And it was it was great, and they all were very generous with their time, and you do it all over the phone, and um, but it was so fun. I mean, Ava DuVernay, I spoke mm-hmm. to, and when I hung up the phone, I felt like I could take on the world because she's just so empowering and cool. So I was really, really happy to get that. And I did think when I started the book that the final chapter, and I say in the book too, that I thought the final chapter was just going to be all caps and yelling because it's frustrating at times. But speaking to all these people, they are doing such great things and they're so optimistic about the future of Hollywood that it really made me walk away with such an appreciation for all the people who work really hard in Hollywood.
0: So, what, so uh, what what? do you have to now do? I mean, you have a responsibility as uh, somebody who wrote a book to let people know about the book. So yeah. do you have things you have to do that are like, I have to do these mandatory things, or is it just uh, you no. just do on your own? And it's
1: really just me on yeah. my own. You know, Do you have like a PR person? No, not really. There's a marketing team with the pr- the publishers, yeah. but it's really just me. Um, being like, yeah, I'll, you know, I don't know. Just jumping really on the hottest much.
0: podcast out there, exactly. You yeah. know, I mean, you yeah. just go straight to the top. Straight huge to the top. PR bump.
1: Exactly. This is gonna be a huge book spike. I mean,
0: yeah. we're on Spotify now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like people have f- f- heard of Spotify. That's huge. Oh, it's so huge. I love it. I no, love see, it. I see. That's a, that's an example of me. Saying something that sounds really great, I honestly have no idea how that translates analytics-wise.
1: That's It's cool, though. But, yeah, it's when you there. tell somebody,
0: hey, do you want to come over here? We're on Spotify now. And they're like, ooh. Yes, oh,
1: I know what that is. I know what
0: Spotify is.
1: But I'm lucky that um, Fandango and Filmstruck, the two places I work, uh, you, they yeah. are really supportive. So the PR guy at Fandango, Harry Medved, has been Pushing on my behalf of like you know newspapers and magazines and websites to get them to know about my book. Um, how can we tie things in together? Same with Filmstruck. They're like, what can we do? They're affiliated with Turner Classic Movies, so they were like, we might sell this in our store. And they've been really supportive. Have you seen this in amazing. a bookstore yet? Not yet. It comes out August 15, and that's going to be a weird experience to see it in a store.
0: Okay, so it, I mean, honestly, like if I had a book. In a store, I literally would walk into that store and just stand by and go, that's me, that's me. (laughs) And not to be braggy, but just because it's such a weird thing because, I mean, you walk into bookstores your whole life and, like, it's nothing, it's never about you. Yeah. No. It's you about somebody else, but the, w- the fact that it's about you is like seeing yourself like on kind of movie poster, or yeah, you know what I mean. It's gonna
1: be insane. So I have a book signing coming up. So I've just organized a couple of really small yeah. Let us know things.
0: where, where, when are they happening. So
1: i just organized one really small book signing here in LA. It's at Skylight Books in okay. Los Feliz. Um, on August the twentieth, five PM, and I've got my friend Maud Garrett coming along uh, to. She's. Uh, talk I to see me. You
0: in pictures with. Uh, yeah. I, I at your Instagram. Is she yeah, from
1: yeah. SourceFed. Yeah, yes. Yes. Okay. She yeah. SourceFed. I try to vaguely follow. Um, she's a fellow Aussie. Yeah. Um, and she has always been so supportive, mm. and she was really a great champion when I was writing yeah. this. Of like, I can't do this. It's too hard. She was like, You know it. So she's so going to come down. And, yeah. yeah. And the book
0: comes out the 15th.
1: The 15th. Where do yep. we get it? It's it's on Amazon right now, okay. um, but it will be in bookstores. I don't know exactly where and how many, but I've been assured that it is in worldwide. But yeah, Amazon's probably your best bet. It's available to pre-order now.
0: Oh, well, get it now. Backwards in heels. I'm looking at it. It's a real book. I'm touching it. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's uh, has a really cool. Co- I mean, it just looks real. It has like kind of <laughs> yes. like a throwback, kind of deco, kind yeah. of thing going on. My friend
1: designed the cover yeah. and Hammer Patel, and she did such a good job. I It's love great.
0: It. And uh, where else can we find you?
1: You can find me yeah all over the social media. Um, Adelicia Malone on Twitter. I'm the same on Instagram. And then I've got a YouTube channel, Movies on My Jam, which is yeah all about indies and classic films. If that's your thing.
0: Well, I, and uh, it is you everybody's should. thing. You it's just be. we should spend more time celebrating it. Uh, yes. Also, spend a little time maybe subscribing to this podcast. Yeah. Rating and giving it a comment. You know what I mean? Like, do that. That's fun. I'm at, t- at Twitter, uh, Jason underscore Horton. And, uh, yeah. So, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going do some reading from the, I'm going to do some dramatic reading from the this book, if that's okay. I would love that. No, no, I, w- I, want, <laughs> you, I want you to actually, I want you to people to actually buy the book. I want
1: people, <laughs> also,
0: I can't read. Oh, no. Spoiler alert. How
1: do you get through the day I don't.
0: I do podcasts. I don't need to read.